Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Calibre. This week, we're considering the UK smaller company sector and discussing inflation, the UK consumer, and the odd Friday night takeaway. I'm Chris Sarley, and today we're joined by Simon Moon, manager of the elite rated Unicorn UK Smaller Companies Fund. Thank you for joining us today, Simon. Thank you for having me. Um, so I believe the last time we spoke was about nine months ago, and we talked about the outlook for UK smaller companies. And at the time, you, you were quite positive on them. Could you maybe just talk us through the performance and has that borne out? Uh, yeah, you know, they've, um, uh, they've underperformed larger caps, unfortunately. And a lot of that's due to what's happened um, so far this year with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I mean, commodities were already... Um, enjoying quite a strong streak towards the end of the calendar year. Uh, and obviously through this uh, invasion, you've, you've seen a real inflationary pressure on those. And, and in the large cap index, uh, commodities make up about, I think it's 22% of the FTSE 100, whereas it's just 11% in the uh, numerous smaller companies index. So there's a big disparity there. And you, you've seen those companies be the real beneficiaries of, of significant inflationary pressures in the, uh, in the um, FTSE 100 and commodities. Um, well, obviously, we've had a lot going on. You, you mentioned the, the military crisis and also the uh, inflation sort of hanging over markets. Could you maybe talk us about some of the names you've been maybe looking to add during the sell-off and some of the opportunities that you've perhaps seen? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we, we saw, it's important to say that the periods like that are very, sort of, they're a double-edged sword to go through. They're very painful on a day-to-day basis uh, when you're looking at, you know, companies you know and, and like and really can see the attractiveness of um, just not being rewarded by the market or being sold off and sort of a, a pretty, pretty indiscriminate fashion, but that does also present some pretty decent opportunities as well. So I've added a few companies to the portfolio in the last last few months. Um, one of those would be uh, Paul Vare, which um, which was reinitiated. We used to hold this in the portfolio. Uh, this is a specialist filtration business, really very high quality industrial company, um, but its applications are. You know, scientific and they're, and they're industrial as well, but, but very high quality filters. Um, and you know, that that was added because it because it was sold off, and we knew the company well. Um, and it was a really simple decision to add it back into the portfolio. You know, there will be some very second derivative effects, that, you know, from what is happening in, in Eastern Europe. Um, but you know, by and large, this company will will go through this um, and, and come out of the other side in, in a very a very strong and unaltered fashion. Um, another company we added, um, which will be the beneficiary of increased military spending, is, is Cohort, you know, which is basically sort of a military consultancy based in the UK. And, um, you know, that's, we see, we see that there's a, there's a bit, of, bit of a sea change in European countries with their appetite for military spending and, um, you know, a way of getting... Uh, access to that is through, is through the likes of Cohort, which is really quite an under-the-radar um, com- company uh, which is exposed to those revenue streams as well. And then finally, Braemar Shipping, which is a, a ship brokerage. Um, and that was added, again, really attractive evaluation, but also attractive um, backdrop as well. You know, ship brokers um, are, are beneficiaries of um, of inflationary pressures within transportation, and, and those have been incredibly significant and if you're making a margin on those and uh, and you're a high quality ship broker um you you most likely do better than uh you know th- than you would have otherwise done before those inflationary pressures came through 
And, and obviously a key part of your process is the, the face-to-face company meetings. And clearly for the past sort of couple of years, you, you really haven't been able to do that for obvious reasons with, with lockdown. Um, now things have reopened. Has it given you perhaps a boost in being able to sort of see people face-to-face and have, have you had to sort of, sort of sharpen up your skills in terms of some of the things that you did in before that obviously you haven't done in the past couple of years? The one thing that the lockdowns um, sort of enforced and made, made an absolute necessity was everyone had to adapt to working remotely. And it made everyone, uh, it made all the, all the management teams we speak to much more available, which was hugely beneficial to us. You know, whereas in the ordinary course of business, we would meet our, our investing companies twice a year, once the interim results, once the preliminary results. And you know, we if we needed to get in contact with them, we might be able to set up an ad hoc meeting or a phone call. Um, it just, you know, the likes of Zoom and Teams, uh, video conferencing has just made it so convenient to have a to have more um either shorter or or just more same same length um, catch-ups with management teams. One thing I'm really looking forward to now that now the country is opening back up again or has opened back up again is seeing more companies on the ground, which has been um, that's been something we've felt we've missed over the last couple of years. And it's a really important part going and seeing the, the operations on the ground. You know, these tend to be trips we organize ourselves. We're able usually to see over the quieter weeks in the summer, about 25% of our portfolio holdings. That's really useful because we're, we're meeting not just the executive management teams, but operational management teams as well. And you mentioned earlier a company that you were, um, you sort of had topped up your investment in does it, does it help things like zoom to move quickly for things like that perhaps yeah, yeah absolutely didn't really realize beforehand that was such a it was quite a useful string to your bow to have that immediate access and the opportunity to move quite quickly on companies like that yeah that's that's a really good point chris you know it, it makes um it makes everyone more available we found or, or we, we certainly found that trend maybe not everyone but you know it has it has enabled us because you're inconveniencing people yes, uh, less than, than previously where, where management teams felt like they had to dedicate an entire week to coming to London or, or at least two or three days. Um, and they would come and you know they, they would have all the logistical problems of going from office to office, and whether that's in the city or the West End. You know, it really wasn't a great use of their time. But you know, if you can just, they only need to give you 45 minutes to an hour and no other considerations around getting places. If you, and so they tend to be very available if you if you need to speak to them. And, and obviously we talked about COVID earlier, touch with the restrictions have been lifted and maybe we are at the other side. Do you, do you think we're now in an environment where UK small companies will do well or, or will high inflation and these geopolitical sort of fears put a damper on things? I mean, where, where do you think we are now for, for, for the sector? I think that we're facing significant opportunity but i think the uk there's certain sectors so the i think the uk consumer or the global consumer in fact is is in for a pretty challenging time you're you're seeing pretty pervasive effects of high energy costs raw material and input costs um generally um you know they will all they all tend to find their way to to sort of squeeze the consumer um so what we've done is uh we sort of limited that exposure within the fund over the last few months we've we've reduced our consumer discretionary exposure by several percent um and it's you know sitting there lower than the sector but for for a non sort of fund specific answer i think the valuations are great you know you're you're seeing very attractively valued companies within the the small co sector which really have no exposure to geopolitical turmoil 
in Eastern Europe, um, but with a, a either companies in their sector or just general um, general outlook, which you know the market's very good at being indiscriminate when it sells off companies. And that, as I said earlier, that's presented us with plenty of opportunities. And you know the, the opportunity for the small co's uh, market is is that you know it. It, re- it can recover its value. It can recover its valuations. You, you mentioned something there, and I just want to touch on it briefly. Um, do you have to sort of strike a balance between sort of looking at a company specifically without any of the background noise of what's going on in the market, but also looking at the backdrop of what's going on globally as well? Do you, do you, do you find that something that you have to sort of work on? As stock pickers, um, you know, we, we assess companies on on individual metrics within those, you know, whether they're whether they're financial or or more qualitative. Um, and as part of that process, we we look to the company's positions within their market and the strength of their end market as well. And that strength is is dependent on what's going on in the world. Um, that strength of that market and, and you know the long-term trends for that. So we really that really, I suppose, shades of color on our view of of other more more quantitative aspects of that company. Okay. And um, just lastly, then obviously, given we're in the small caps, we'd be sort of remiss not to, to touch on a few more of these companies. So a couple of holdings caught my eye. Firstly, Tortilla Mexican Grill and the Fulham Shore, which are both restaurant companies and also Premier Foods. What do you like about these companies specifically? Sure, of course. Um, I mean, Tortilla is a, um, is a fast food chain, essentially. It's... It, it's it's slightly fancier than fast food. It's burritos. Um, you know, there's there's not much of an offering for Mexican food in the UK market. You know, they've seen a, a gap there and, and filled it at a very attractive price range. Um, I think the the average sort of item on the menu sells between seven and nine pounds, um, and it's all freshly prepared. Um, but there is no real requirement to cook, so the, the capital expenditure on these. On these um, sites, of which they are growing uh, plenty of, this I think there's sixty odd currently, and you know they're they're, they're going going to sort of add at least fifty percent to that over the next few years. Um, you know, they they don't require much capital investment because it, there's a centralised kitchen which distributes on a daily basis all, all the fresh ingredients, and and there's a number of items that are made in the store, but they don't need any special specialist equipment to make them, and they don't really need many high or or, or any highly qualified or highly trained. Chefs, so they're they're managing um, they're managing sort of the, the 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 struggle that a lot of restaurant chains are finding at the moment with recruiting um, the right people, enough of them, and it's essentially an assembly line for very high quality, tasty food that's customizable, uh, that's at a really attractive price point, um, and you know, they're really well positioned to navigate inflationary pressures. So, whilst I mentioned earlier that you know I do feel the UK consumer is um, is maybe facing a sort of tougher outlook towards the end of this year. I think that if you've got best in class at a good price point, um, you're pretty well protected from that. And if you know maybe people are trading down, or, um, you know, in price point terms, you know, companies like Tortilla, like Fulham Shore, will do well. Fulham Shore, just just for information, they they run um, a couple of uh, restaurant chains. One's the real Greek, one's the Frankamanka. Um, pizza parlors, uh, they had a, a actually both of these companies, you know, Tortilla and Frank Mango, had, and it pains me to say, a very good lockdown. But you know, the, the pandemic really did open up uh, their offering to delivery, to takeaway, 
um, which really did increase um, increase exposure that they might not have had otherwise, where people were, were quite quite desperate to really, you know not cook at home anymore and maybe have a bit of a treat by getting something delivered in or going and picking it up. Um, so they both did very well. And, and again, you know, both growing uh, growing stores at the right price tag, very high quality offerings. Um, and I, I just think the future is very bright for both of those companies. You mentioned Premier Foods, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is a portfolio of of consumer brands, um, which you know, are everything from Mr. Kipling to to Bird's Custard and Ambrosia, uh, and um, you know, very uh, very decent brands you recognise in the supermarket that have a strong and loyal customer following. Um, you know, this was added to the portfolio because it just represented uh, tremendous value. I think it was less than ten times when it was added to the portfolio. Um, you know. We can see now that you know, they're, they're, they're able to grow not just in the UK, but they're growing in the US and Canada as a, they're introducing Kipling's and um, you know Ambrosia ice cream and uh, you know, various various sort of um, new takes on good, well-regarded products and flavors. Uh, so you know, it's, it's it's a really interesting company to be exposed to, um, and it's just yeah the strength of the consumer brands within it is. is it's, uh, it's very attractive. That's great, Simon. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Unicorn UK Smaller Companies is a high conviction, concentrated portfolio that invests in genuinely smaller companies rather than mid-cap stocks. A large proportion of the research at Unicorn is performed in-house, allowing Unicorn to identify companies often missed by its peers. To learn more about the Unicorn UK Smaller Companies Fund, visit thumbcaliber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Caliber's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Caliber's research team only.